Good morning, Rainier View. It's good to see everybody gathered together here this morning, and, and uh, just such a blessing to be with you all once again. I want to begin by uh, thanking your entire pastor team, Pastor Joe and, and uh, Pastor Jose and all the rest of your team uh, for this opportunity to be together with you again this morning. It's, uh, it's such a blessing for me to be here and to see the work that you all are doing for the kingdom. And it's really a blessing to see that we're working together across ethnic lines and across cultural lines in order to accomplish God's work here in this region of uh, the state. Um, this morning, I want to remind you that it's okay to say amen out loud. Okay? All right. Thank you. Thank you. Because <clears throat> I don't want you to sit there passively and, and unengaged this morning. And so as, as we start out in our study this morning, I just want you to feel free. You know, if the Spirit moves you to, to man, I'd like to say something. Say it. Say amen. amen. All right. All right. <clears throat> so this morning, we're going to spend some time talking <clears throat> out of the book of 1 Corinthians chapter 12. And we're going to be talking on the subject, we need each other. We need each other. And so we're going to start off a little interactive this morning. It might be a little bit out of your comfort zone, but I want you to turn to someone who you didn't ride to church with and look at them and say, we need each other. Amen. Amen. In the New Testament, there are two words that we see over and over because these two words describe the community relationship that God has called us into as believers in Christ. And those two words are one another. We see those words over and over again throughout the New Testament. We're called to love one another. We're called to pray for one another. We're called to build one another up. We're called to sing to one another. Over and over again, the scriptures call us to, to these two words because they describe something of the relationship that we've been called into. And so in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verses, we're going to start off with verses 12 and 13, Paul is dealing with a problem in the church in Corinth. And what he's, what he's dealing with, he's dealing with this problem of division in the church, something that we might be aware of in, in the church in America. There's a struggle in fleshing out that one another element that we find in the New Testament. But in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, what Paul is helping us to understand is he's helping us to understand, and this verse tells us that it says, just as the bod a body, though one, has many parts, but all its many parts form one body, so it is with Christ. For we, 
We're all baptized by one spirit so as to form one body, whether Jews or Gentiles, slave or free. And we were all given the one spirit to drink. And so Paul here, he's trying to help us to understand something about our horizontal relationships with one another. He's helping us to see that the moment that we were united to Christ vertically, we were also united to one another horizontally. Say amen to that. We're united horizontally to one another, and that, that means that we are uh, sharing in the life of Christ together. That my salvation is not just an individual relationship with God, but that God has called me into a community to be a part of the community in the same way that I'm in community with God. So, even though we have racial differences in the church, all the races are welcomed. He says, if you're a Jew, you're welcome. If you're a Gentile, you're welcome. Even though we may have different positions in life, he says, if you're a free person, you're, you're welcome. And if you're a slave, you're welcome. Because everyone is on equal footing in the kingdom of God. The ground is level at the foot of the cross. So the Corinthian Christians lived in this society where they were struggling with division. And Paul is helping the church to understand that their relationship with Christ changes their relationships with each other. There are things in the world that divide us. In our country, race has divided us. Politics have divided us. Denominations have divided us. But when we come into the kingdom of God, all of a sudden, everything changes. And the Corinthian church was struggling with division too. They were struggling with division over favorite leaders. You know, I follow Paul. I follow Apollos. I follow Cephas. And, and, and Paul said there's no room for that in the kingdom of God. They also struggled with personal conflicts. Anybody ever had a personal conflict with anybody? <laughs> Say amen. amen. <clears throat> they struggled over the meaning of communion and how to how to participate in communion together. They struggled over spiritual gifts, and they struggled, they had debates in the church over the resurrection, whether there was a resurrection of the body or not. And Paul is trying to help the church, this struggling Corinthian church, this divided Corinthian church, come to understand that they are actually one in Christ. We need each other. We need each other for our spiritual growth, and we also need each other to move forward in the mission of God. One of the things that Paul does in 1 Corinthians 12 is he makes a comparison. He compares the human body to the church. 
He compares the human body to the church, and so we all have a human body here this morning, so we all can relate to this. And so what Paul, what Paul does is he, he helps us to understand something by putting something that we can all relate to in front of us and says the church is like the human body. And so this morning, if um, my stomach started growling, it sends a message to my brain that says I'm hungry. And a brain, the brain sends a message to my feet and to my legs and tells my feet and my legs to turn toward the refrigerator. And then the feet and the legs cooperate and I walk towards the refrigerator. And then the brain says, okay, now arms and hand, I want you to coordinate and I want you to open the refrigerator and the eyes, I want you to scout out what's inside. Are you with me this morning? And I want you to scout out what's inside. The eyes scout out. The brain goes to the memory bank and says, oh, that looks good. And tells the arm and the hand to reach in, grab that item, and pull it out, close the door. Got it. Okay, now legs and feet, I want you to turn, and I want you to go to the counter, open the drawer, and I want you to pull out a fork, and I want you to dig into this pie that you just got out. And mouth, now I want you to open, and I want, hand, I want you to put the fork in the mouth so that the mouth can now taste the pie. Amen. That's right. That's right. <laughs> what I want you to see this morning <clears throat> is that one body needs the many members in order to nourish itself. And that every member of the body has a role to play in the, the strengthening of the entire body. You are important to the body of Christ. You are important to the body of Christ. And so, as Paul is, makes this analogy between the body and the church, he's going to confront two attitudes, two very ferocious attitudes that attack the unity of the church. He's going to walk us through a thought process about the body that is contrary to the unity that, that he is promoting about the body of Christ. And what are those two ferocious thoughts? Here's the first one. The first one is, I am less than others in the body of Christ. Somebody in here has felt that way before. Listen to what Paul says. He says, even, even so the body is not made up of one part but many. Now if the foot should say, because I'm not a hand, 
I do not belong to the body, it would not for that reason stop being part of the body. And if the ear should say, because I'm not an eye, I do not belong to the body, it would not for that reason stop being a part of the body. If the whole body were an eye, where would the sense of hearing be? If the whole body were an ear, where would the sense of smell be? You see, what Paul is trying to get us to understand, here, this, this, is, this I am less than others is some of the self-talk that goes on in our heads that creates division in the church. If you think that you don't belong or aren't, aren't a significant part of the body, you will help create division in the church. Sometimes we struggle with comparing ourselves to other people. Anybody ever done that before? Yeah. We compare ourselves to other people. We, I can't talk like that person talks. I, 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 you know, if you might notice that I'm an extrovert. I like to talk. <laughs> there you go. Amen. <laughs> I, I like to talk. I like to engage people. I, I, you know, I, the, the spotlight, I love it. I'm just being honest with you. And, and, but, but, but extroverts, people like me, can be intimidating to people who are introverts, people who are quiet and more subdued in their personalities. But what Paul is telling us is that we both have an important place in the body of Christ. You see, sometimes we will buy into lies, and these lies are planted in us by the enemy in which we have to take those lies and we have to, we have to apply the gospel to them. See, one of those lies is, I have to be like this person or that person to be significant in the body of Christ. That's a lie. I have to be able to do fill in the blank. I have to be able to do this or that. I have to look like this or that in order to be significant in the body of Christ. I have to have certain possessions or accomplish certain things. I have to know. I have to have certain amount of knowledge. I have to be known by the important people. I have to have achieved something significant. I have to have come from the right place in order to be significant in the body of Christ. And all of those are lies. You see, we have to apply the gospel to us because the gospel makes us new in Christ. And it gives us a new identity in Christ that's not based on any of those things. Our identity in Christ is based on the fact that we belong to the King of Kings. We've been forgiven of our sins. We've been brought into his family. We have been made one with God. Amen. Amen. So, the, so, so the, first, the first attitude is that, that Paul confronts is, I'm less than. The second attitude that he confronts is, I'm 
more than others. I'm not going to ask anybody to raise your hand <laughs> if you've ever felt that way. But, but, but listen to what Paul says. He, says. he says, the eye cannot say to the hand, I don't need you. And the head cannot say to the feet, I don't need you. On the contrary, those parts of the body that seem to be weaker are indispensable. So, so Paul is now, he's swinging on the other side. He said, look, he says, it's wrong to think I'm less than others. And then he turns around and he says, it's, I'm wrong to think that I'm more than others. If I think that I'm more than others because of what I've accomplished, if I think that I'm more than others because what I've achieved in my life or what my background is or how much money I have or, or what I've acquired in terms of status in the world, Paul says, you can't say to any other member of the body of Christ, I don't need you. Can't say it. In a country where we pride ourselves on being independent and self-sufficient, in a culture that prides itself on hard work and being exceptional, we can judge ourselves as believers in the wrong way. Because no matter what we've achieved, no matter where we come from, that we may take pride in, well, let me, let me take a little rabbit trail and come back real quick. Paul, in Philippians chapter 3, talked about, I was, he said, I was a Hebrew of Hebrews. I was of the tribe of Benjamin. I'm a Pharisee. And as, as related to the law, I was blameless. Paul was saying, let me, let me give you my resume. Let me tell you my qualifications. If you want to put resume against resume, he says, nobody can beat mine. He said, but then he said, I count that all as loss in comparison to knowing Christ. In other words, I will not boast in my achievements. I will boast in the Lord. Amen? And so Paul is, is helping us to understand here that, that it's, we need each other and that it's incorrect for us to come to our relationships with one another as if we are less than or as if we are more than. Both of these errors cause problems in the body of Christ. If you think you're less than others, here's, here's what you'll do. You'll withdraw. If you're comparing yourselves to other people and you think, oh, all the people have all those other gifts and I don't compare to them, you'll withdraw. You'll be timid about using the gift that God has given you. Let me tell you, God in heaven gave you that gift. Don't hide it. Don't be ashamed of it. Use that gift because that gift is meant to bless the entire body of Christ. And so, don't withdraw because you think your gift is not as good as somebody else. He's, Paul says, I want you to lean in. 
because your gifts are indispensable to the body of Christ. And he goes on, he lets us know, don't think, because <laughs> you're in the spotlight, you're worth more than anybody else, because <laughs> you're not. <laughs> God's like, dude, I could replace you in a heartbeat. <laughs> and so I need my brothers and sisters who are quiet and subdued, chill, because you teach me something about how to walk quietly before the Lord and how to be humble. We need each other. And so this morning, I just want to plant that thought in your mind that Paul is trying to help us to understand the beauty of the body of Christ, that every member has a place, that there are no haves and have-nots in the body of Christ. There are no important and unimportant. Everybody is important in the body of Christ. And Paul says that we have been called together in the body of Christ so that we would share a mutual concern for each other. He says we're to suffer with one another and to rejoice with one another. Your pain is supposed to become my pain. Your joy is supposed to become my joy. And so this morning, I, I just want to encourage you, as I close, I want to encourage you to be intentional about building relationships with people who are not like you, who are gifted differently than you, who come from a different background than you do. Because it's in those differences that you and I get the wonderful blessing of putting the glory of God's diversity and unity on display. The gospel calls us to be a community that recognizes the need for everyone and their different gifts to illustrate the unity and the diversity of the body of Christ bound together by Christ's love. That's what the world needs to see in a very divided nation right now. We are struggling. We're, we're, we're struggling over political power. We're struggling in the sense of we're trying to figure out how to deal with all these controversial issues. And the thing that is missing in our society is love. And that love, the only love that can bind us together, is the love that flows from the heart of God to us through the cross of Jesus into our lives. And now that love is supposed to flow to one another so that, so that the watching world can see a diverse community of people 
who should be who should be hostile to one another in deep loving relationships with one another. That's what Jesus meant when he said that the world would know that we are his disciples by them being able to watch the way that we love one another. Let's pray. Father, this morning we are so thankful that you called us into a relationship with you through your Son, and that you unite us by your Holy Spirit into a relationship with you. But Father, we also confess this morning that sometimes we forget the importance of the horizontal relationships we have with each other. We pray that the gospel would be so active in our hearts that we would be overcoming the racial barriers that separate us, the political barriers that divide us, the denominational barriers that separate us, and that we would see ourselves as one united and diverse body of Christ. Father, we pray that you would help us to grow in our ability to put your love on display in the life of the church so that it would be a powerful witness so that the watching world would look at us, they would see us, and long to participate in the love because it's so attractive to them. Help us to overcome the barriers in our own hearts and minds. Lord, if we think that we're less than others, help us to recognize you lift us up in the gospel. And if we think that we're more than others, help us to recognize that you humble us with the gospel and that you make us one. Lord, we long for more people to know you, and we pray that you would help us to be the loving witnesses that you've called us to be. In Jesus' name we pray, and all God's people said, amen. amen.